you have your Bibles this morning, let me invite you to Luke chapter 24. Luke chapter 24. We'll be looking at verses 36 through 47 this morning as our text. But before we get there, I want to give some background. Uh, Our text, I believe, is happening in the late night hours at the end of that first resurrection day. It is after the sun has gone down. It's late in the evening. Uh, His disciples and others are gathered in Jerusalem. Uh, There are rumors about the resurrection. Some have found the empty tomb, and they're wondering what is going on. The two ladies have gone that morning early to take spices to the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, and yet when they get there, they find the the stone rolled away and angels in the tomb. They rush back and tell the disciples. A couple of those disciples run on, and just as the ladies had said, they find the tomb empty. And yet, as they find the tomb empty, they're wrestling with all that is going on. There are two disciples, two followers of Jesus, that take the road to Emmaus, and as they're traveling, a stranger comes and meets them and interacts with them. And these two disciples began to talk about all that had happened in the days leading up to this day. They asked the stranger, have you heard all that is going on? And the stranger pretends not to know and says, what are you talking about? And he says, all that has happened concerning Jesus of Nazareth. And they go on to explain. They express some disappointment and some sadness. They say, we thought he would be the one who would rescue and save and become the king of the Jews. And now we're just not sure. And yet that stranger begins to say, well, haven't you heard what the scriptures say about the one who would come? And he begins to explain the scriptures to these two disciples. As they get to their place for the evening, they beg him to stay, come in, and have a meal with them. And as that stranger is eating with those two disciples... He reveals himself to them to be the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And then he disappears. And they are so moved that they make the long journey in reverse back to Jerusalem, running the entire way. And that is where we find our text this morning. Luke chapter 24, beginning with verse 36 and reading down to verse 47. As they were saying these things, he himself stood in their midst. He said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. Why are you troubled, he asked them, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, because a ghost does not have flesh and bones as you can see I have. Having said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they were still amazed and in disbelief because of their joy, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. He told them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to, the, to, to understand the scriptures. He also said to them, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead the third day, and repentance for forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations 
beginning at Jerusalem. Would you pray with me? Father, as we've read your word this morning, as we prepare to look at your word, I pray that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, we are full of joy this morning as we celebrate the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, as we contemplate all that it means for our lives, we can't help but be full of joy. Lord, I pray that you would speak to each heart and life in this room at this time, and it's in the precious and powerful name of the risen one, the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, amen. And so those two disciples, they run back. They make the the long journey back, but they make it much quicker this time. They run all the way back to Jerusalem. They run and they find the disciples and the followers of Christ who are gathered there in Jerusalem. You can almost see them and bust in through the door, out of breath, having run the whole way and say, you won't believe what happened to us. And they relay the story. And I wonder how far they get into the story. I wonder if it's any further than just you won't believe what happened to us. And then in their midst, the risen Jesus appears to them. And that's what we read here. And so today I want to talk about resurrection realities. Here's the big question. What is the impact of the resurrection of Jesus Christ in the life of believers? Well, the first thing I want us to see is, as believers, the resurrection of Christ uh, means we can have peace. Look with us at verse 36. As they were saying these things, he himself, Jesus, the resurrected one, the perfect Savior, the sinless Son of God, stands in their midst, and he said to them, peace to you. Now, this is not the first time that Jesus has said peace. You may remember that earlier in the Gospels, during Jesus' life and ministry, they were on a boat on the Sea of Galilee. The wind and the waves were blowing and howling, and it was quite a scary time. And Jesus stood, and he said, peace. And the wind stopped, and the waves disappeared. Jesus has all authority. He has all the authority of heaven. And yet here in this moment, he appears, the risen Savior, there among his followers, and he says to them, peace to you. Now, certainly that is a greeting. A Jewish greeting is peace, shalom, peace be with you. But I think there's more than just a hello, more than just a greeting here. He knows what is going on in their hearts. He knows what they've been wrestling with since that uh, Good Friday crucifixion. They've been gathering together, trying to figure it out. They've been wondering. They've been questioning. They've been thinking about all that he said. And here he shows up and he says, peace to you. What we can know as believers because of the resurrection of Christ, we can have peace today. It reminds me of perhaps my second favorite passage in all the Bible, sort of like picking children though. I change that from time to time. Romans chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 says this, therefore since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We have also obtained access through him by faith into this grace in which we stand And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. I want to read verse 1 again. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. How is it that we who believe have peace with God? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, part of the resurrection message today is 
We can have peace through faith in Jesus Christ. It is through his work on the cross, through his resurrection, his perfect life, his sinless death, his his victory over death, hell, and the grave. We who place our faith in Jesus, we can have peace today. So not only can we have peace, though, secondly, we can have joy. Look with me, if you will, at verses 37 through 41 back in Luke 24. I want to read them again. I want you to notice all of the emotion words that are in this passage. Not all of them are positive. A lot of them would be negative or difficult, but we'll see that there's joy also. Look with me, if you will, 37 through 41. But they were startled. Can I just tell you, sometimes I read the Bible and I think that there are just understatements in the Bible. They were startled, I think, is one of those understatements, right? Like if Jesus, the resurrected Lord, showed up, we'd be a little more than startled this morning, right? I I think that there's just not words to put there. They were startled and terrified. I I like that one better. I think that's where I'd be. But they were startled and terrified and thought they were seeing a ghost. Never seen a ghost? Hope to never see a ghost. Don't think I ever will. But I can tell you, if I do, startled and terrified is going to start summing up how I feel about that. Verse 38 what are you tr- or why are you troubled, he asked them, and why do doubts arise in your hearts? Can't you associate with that? Can't you, you, have you ever been somewhere and you see something and you're just trying to process it? You go, I can't make sense of what I'm seeing. I can't make sense of what I'm experiencing. That's what these followers of Christ no doubt were going through. They were startled. They were terrified. They were troubled. Doubts were beginning to arise. Verse 39. Lovingly, he says, look at my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see. No doubt there were some disciples. I suspect Peter was the first one up there, right? I suspect he ran and started touching Jesus. I'd have hung back. I'd have been like, I'm not sure I want to do that. I'm not sure I want to touch. I'm not sure here. But he invites them to come and touch me and see. Verse 40, having said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. But while they were still amazed and in disbelief because of their joy, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? Have you ever experienced joy that is so overwhelming it just sort of throws you off kilter? That's where they were that resurrection night. They had been listening they had been praying they had been wondering they had been wrestling with what all it meant jesus was gone he'd been put in the grave they weren't sure what to make of all of it and now on this resurrection morning the women have come back and said the tomb is empty they start to wonder did somebody take his body did the guards take his body has somebody broken into the tomb and stolen jesus what does it mean and they hear the testimony of the angels that he is risen but they're still questioning and wondering. They're trying to figure it out. You see, that's the way that joy works. Joy doesn't mean that everything is perfect. Joy doesn't mean that there are no issues in our lives. In a room this size, there are some of you who are walking through difficulty. There are some of you who have hardships in your life. There are some of you who are having a rough week or a rough month or a rough year or let's just be honest, a rough couple of years. And yet in the midst of all the confusion and doubt and questioning, those who have placed their faith in Jesus can have joy. 
We have joy this morning because it's not about the things that happen in my life or the things that happen in your life. It's about how he laid his life down and, oh, by the way, he picked it back up. It is about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we can have peace. That is the first resurrection reality. We can have joy. That is the second resurrection reality. But then thirdly, I want you to see we can have confidence. Look with me, if you will, at verses 44 and 45. He told them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the Scriptures. I just, I'm telling you, this is, again, supernatural work. We've already sung about supernatural work. But this supernatural work here is, as he's told them over and over and over again about how he must live and die, how he was going away, they didn't understand. And yet, this night, he reminds them, do you remember all the things that I said? Do you remember all the times that I talked to you about the scriptures? Do you remember the times that I stood in the temple and read scripture and talked about how I was the fulfillment of that? Do you remember how everything that points to the Savior, the one who would lay his life down, it is fulfilled in me? And he reminds them, and then he opens their mind to understand. He lets them understand all the ways that he alone fulfills all the scriptures of the one who was promised. As their mind was open and they thought about all of the word of God that had prophesied about Jesus, as they come to understand that only Jesus could be the fulfillment of all those things, as they understood that that resurrected Jesus was standing before them and reminding them of all the ways that he fulfilled all the scriptures of Jesus, they became confident. By the way, this is not the first time that he did this. It actually, he did it to the two gentlemen, uh, the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. Go back and look with me earlier in this chapter at verses 26 and 27. Jesus says to them, wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into his glory? They're doubting and they're questioning and they're saying, we had hoped that he was the one. And now we're just not sure. There have been rumors of a resurrection, but, but we don't know. And Jesus starts to remind them. And then in verse 27, it says, Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in the scriptures. I'm not expecting time travel, but I just want you to know if we ever get to time travel, I want to go back to this. I want to go back to this time when Jesus and the two disciples that have gone to Emmaus are gathered around the table and they're eating together. First of all, I like to eat, so that's a good opportunity to be there. But second of all, that Jesus just starts to open the scriptures. Can you imagine what it would be like to be in the presence of Jesus? And he just starts quoting scripture and say, yep, I fulfilled that. Yep, that's about me. Yep, I fulfilled that. You remember this one? That's me too. You remember this one? I fulfilled it. Do you remember when the, when the prophet Isaiah said this? That's talking about me. And he walked through scripture over and over and over and over again and said, do you understand the meaning? The meaning is me. I am the fulfillment of all of these verses. Jesus began with Moses. There are those first five books of the Old Testament. And then he moved to the prophets. And he interpreted for them the things concerning himself in all the Scripture. 
shortly after that, as they were walking that way, they said, come on in and would you, would you eat with us? And then he revealed himself to be Jesus there. They were so confident, they got up and they ran back. They ran all the way back to Jerusalem to tell the disciples, we've seen him and we understand and we're absolutely confident that Jesus is risen from the dead. We're not doubting anymore. Can I say to you that we can have this same confidence? Every place that we see in Scripture that the Messiah has talked about, Jesus fulfills that Scripture. We can be absolutely confident that Jesus is risen from the dead because he tells us all about himself. There were all those who saw it. There were all those who witnessed it. But then also... He fulfills every prophecy about the Messiah. Every part of the word of God points us to Jesus. So the third resurrection reality is we can have confidence. But then fourth, I want us to see we can proclaim the gospel. Look with me, if you will, at verse 47, well, 46 and 47. He also said to them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead the third day. And repentance for forgiveness of sins will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. Here's the fourth resurrection reality for us this morning. We can be a part of the fulfillment of that scripture. In fact, we're being a part of that fulfillment of, 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 fulfillment of that scripture right now. You see, almost 2,000 years ago, that night, people started preaching repentance of sin and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ for forgiveness of sins. And so we continue to preach that very same message. We go and we proclaim that you must repent of your sins and find forgiveness, and the only way to find forgiveness is in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. It started that night or early the next morning there in Jerusalem, but it is carried on, and today we continue the tradition of preaching the resurrected Jesus as the hope of the world. And so we can preach the gospel, we can proclaim the gospel, we can share the gospel today because of resurrection reality. Because the tomb is empty and Jesus is alive, we can share the good news of the gospel this day. We can share it tomorrow, we can share it Wednesday night, we can share it Thursday morning. Wherever and whenever we find ourselves with the opportunity to tell somebody the hope of the world, we proclaim the gospel and we continue that tradition so this morning, I want to share the gospel as clearly as I know how as a part of fulfilling this verse, and then we're going to go into the invitation time. Here's what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that every one of us in this room are sinners. We're all sinners. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. We've all missed the mark, as it means. We've all sinned. Now, you, you know this about yourself, and you probably know the person sitting near you well enough to know that they're a sinner too. And the Word of God says that we are all sinners. There's two types of sinners in this room this morning. Those who are lost in their sins and sinners who have been saved by grace. It's the only two options for the whole world. We are all sinners. And so Scripture also tells us that the wages of sin is death. The reason uh, that we must die, the reason that death is a part of life is because of sin. From the fall and the very first part of Genesis, death has been a reality. It is the wages of our sin or the payment for our sin. And so we were all on our way to death and separation from God. 
But here's what else the gospel says. For God so loved the world that he sent his son. The very reason that Jesus stepped out of heaven and put on flesh, lived the perfect life, died on the cross, not because of anything that he had done, not for sins in his life, because he was sinless, so that he might take on my sin and your sin and the sins of all who would believe. He hung on the cross and he died that good Friday afternoon. He was buried in a tomb, and he was there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And on that third morning, Jesus woke up in his own power, left the tomb, and has been alive every since then. And he is the hope of the world. And so here's the gospel. We're all sinners. The only hope for sinners is to repent of our sins and place our faith in the saving work the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. So as we go to the invitation time, there are really two responses today. If you're a believer and you know that you have repented of your sins and you have placed your faith in Jesus and you are walking with him, then you just get to keep celebrating the resurrection. You just get to keep, uh, keep worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ. But maybe you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Then the other response is, for you to repent of your sins and place your faith in Jesus. I want to read verse 47 again. And repentance for forgiveness of sin will be proclaimed in his name to all the nations beginning at Jerusalem. In just a moment, I'll be standing right down front. We'll be singing a, a song of, of reflection and decision. If you've never repented of your sins and placed your faith in Jesus, it is your greatest need today, and today would be a wonderful day to make that decision. I'll be standing right there. I'd love to open God's Word and show you how you can do that. I'd love to pray with you and talk with you more about it. Let's pray as we go into our invitation time. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your Word, and I thank you for the resurrection. Lord Jesus, we are grateful for all that you went through, for the sinless sacrifice that you made so that you could bear my sins and the sins of every other believer. Of everyone who would ever place their faith in you, you bore their sin on that cross. Lord, you died, and yet now you live. And so we believe in you. We proclaim your gospel. We proclaim your life, death, and resurrection as the hope of mankind. Would you work during this invitation time? Would you uh, allow those who know you as, as their Savior to just continue celebrating, continue worshiping? And Lord, maybe it is that there's someone here today that on this Easter day want to repent of their sins and find forgiveness in you. We give this invitation time now to you, and we ask that you would work as you see fit. It is in the precious name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. If the Lord has laid a decision on your, heart, the, on your heart, the altar is open, and I'd love to pray with you as we sing this morning.
We could not have sung more true words today. God's grace through the Lord Jesus Christ is greater than all our sin. We have so much to celebrate and so much to be thankful for, don't we? Let me say that the invitation at Scott Lake is never truly over. If you're here today and you're wrestling about a decision for the Lord or you just don't know what to do, I want you to know that you can call the church office. Uh, I will actually be in the church office Tuesday morning and Wednesday afternoon. But you can call before then or after then and leave a message and I'll get back to you. I'd love to talk with you, pray with you, talk about anything the Lord might be doing in your life. So you feel free to do that. Brother Wayne, would you come close us out in prayer? Pray for our, pray for our offering and just give thanks again for all that Christ has done, please, sir. You know, as we stand here and celebrate or sit here and celebrate uh, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, Paul Harvey may have said, now you know the rest of the story. And truly we do as Christians. We know the rest of the story. Let us pray. Father, we lift up this service. We lift up the pastor's word and his teaching, Lord, <clears throat> to glorify your name. Lord, we thank you for all you've done, all you give us every single day. We, we thank you the most for the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we also lift up the offering we're about to give, that this, these tithes and offerings can be used to further your kingdom here on earth. And Lord, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know and understand the love that was given, by our Lord and Savior through the death on the cross and resurrection. Please let them come forward today and let it be explained to them. And Father, we say and ask you these things in the name of thy Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.